Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Hunter Williams, and this is going to be episode three of the Weapons of High Performance podcast. So, if you're listening to this, just wanted to, before we start, say thank you for listening. Let's extend my sincerest gratitudes to you. And today, the last episode, we talked more about health and kind of a strategy to optimize your health with fasting. And today, kind of as goes this podcast, we're going to be doing a little bit more on the mental side. So kind of building up a mental toolbox and skill set to develop your mental toughness and create fortitude uh, within your mind to overcome tough things. Because regardless of whatever's going on, there's going to be times in life that are tough and then times that are pretty good and then times that are not as tough. So I think, I mean, it can be said and seen everywhere that people's real character comes out when they're in times of stress. So today's episode I want to talk about is escaping your comfort zone and squashing internal resistance. And there's kind of twofold there and they go together. So I'm going to break down first, go into the comfort zone side of things and then next we'll go into the internal resistance side and there's some back and forth between those but there's also a little bit of distinction so I want to go over that as well uh, so let's get into first your comfort zone so what I think about and this is not this is again this is not going to be a lot of scientific stuff on this episode this is going to be more of a mental framework and tool set so when I think about comfort zone and my own experiences in life, and then also just overall what a comfort zone is. So to me, comfort zone is going to be more of a long-range thing or long-range time frame that you find yourself in doing stuff. So as opposed to internal resistance, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the episode, which is going to be short-term horizons, your comfort zone is going to be something that you kind of find yourself in and find yourself in a groove doing certain things. So ultimately comfort zone is going to be where you at, where you're at in a situation over an extended period of time. And that comfort zone is going to be somewhere where you find yourself that is relatable and you're kind of in a groove and doing certain things that are not necessarily easy, but you're just more comfortable doing. So I think the easiest way to relate what a comfort zone would be is kind of in your job, whatever job you're doing. You first start a job, it's not necessarily your comfort zone because everything's new and you're trying to learn everything. But after six months, a year or so, you kind of get into the groove of things and you're kind of just in a homeostasis point. So I I guess comfort zone is going to be more point of homeostasis, whether it's in your work, your fitness journey, whatever it is. Um, So your comfort zone is really, again, going to be that long time frame type of thing that you're in that you're not necessarily pushing yourself outside of. Again, it's not necessarily easy, but it's also something that you're kind of just in the groove and you're kind of on autopilot per se, and in an unconscious state. So you're just kind of showing up to work. It's not that work is easy, but you know what you're going to do, and it's just rinse and repeat, do the same thing over again. But there's not really any push outside of something that you feel 
really uncomfortable doing or you're learning something new. And there's pros and cons to a comfort zone, of being in a comfort zone. And I think if you look at humans evolutionary in our evolution, if you look at evolutionary psychology in our brain, there's benefits to being in a comfort zone. And the first thing I want to do is just break down some of those benefits and then we'll also talk about the negative. So as far as being in your comfort zone, there's definitely a benefit to doing that and having a place of comfort, again, whether that's in work or relationships, anything outside of work. I think in our brains, to a certain extent, we need to be in a place of comfort in order to feel comfortable doing stuff. So if you just take an example from work, say you've been doing your job for two years, two years or so, and you pretty much know everything that's going on, any situation that comes in, you've already seen before, you know, whatever the type of work is, you're pretty comfortable doing. And in order to perform at a decent level, you need to have that comfort as a backdrop to be able to do things. So the disadvantages, you're on autopilot, but again, you're in a comfortable space that allows your brain to not have to be in a flight or fight state where you're worried about things that could go wrong. So to, again, to a certain extent, comfort zone is actually gonna be a little advantageous for you to be in in order to have things around you set that you can actually focus on what you're doing. So a lot of people will say, oh, you just always need to get outside your comfort zone, always need to get outside your comfort zone. To a certain extent, you actually need a comfort zone in order to probably achieve the highest level of work that you need to be done because if you're not, your body's gonna be in a reactionary state where things are coming at you and you're in the fight or flight mode where your body's stressed out so much that you actually can't get anything done. And I think just doing, in my, in my experience, so take being on a Division I college team, for example. It's not comfortable when you first get there, but after you're there for three years, you know the coaching staff, you know the people you're around, you know the systems that are in place in order to achieve the goals. So in order to actually progress within that system and get better at your job, you need that certain level of comfort with the people that you're working with, so the relationships that you have with other people, and then also the structure around your daily routine. So you need to have a routine that is comfortable to you that actually allows you to progress through that. So again, you'll hear a lot of people say a comfort zone's always bad, always bad, but I actually think there are some benefits that it allows you to actually focus on the task at hand by setting up parameters that don't get bombarded by fear or anxiety or anything like that that's going to take you off the path of where you want to go. And again, part of that is actually knowing where you want to go. But I think the, the comfort zone, it's kind of like we have the involuntary nervous system. So as long as our body has a comfortable space where we're not getting threatened by a tiger chasing us or something like that, our systems, so our heartbeat, all of our electrical nervous system, chemical reactions 
are all running on autopilot. It's when things start to invade that comfort zone that those systems start to break down and that's where you'll see a lot of chronic disease and everything. Now, that being said, when you, take a drink real quick. Um, when you do have comfort zone, there's advantages to that. But then also there's a huge disadvantage to that. And this is where you'll hear, you'll hear people talk about uh, why you always need to be pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. And to a certain extent, that's true. And so to go back to the example of your job, if you're always doing something that is comfortable, there's no growth there. So if you stay, and again, this is in that extended period of time, in a comfort zone, there's nothing that's going to push you outside of that in order to achieve growth. And anything that you're doing, if you look, and I'm always gonna go back to a lot of physical examples with fitness or the weight room or something like that. If you look in the weight room, if you show up and do the same exact weight every single day, you're probably going to be more in shape than not in shape. So as opposed to not doing anything versus going to the gym and picking up a 20 pound dumbbell, you'll probably be more in shape than if you would have just sat on the couch. However, what's going to happen is after four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks of picking up that same 20 pound dumbbell, there's not gonna be any growth. And what can happen there is you start to atrophy. So that becomes so easy that you're just on this flat line and eventually you're gonna become bored you're going to, things are just going to become very monotonous, unconscious, and on autopilot. And that's what you really want to avoid because when you're doing the same thing over and over again like that, you're in your comfort zone, but there's no growth. So what you want to do is little by little over an extended period of time, be focused on improving just a little bit. And so if you go to the gym and you do the 20 pound dumbbell two weeks, and then that third week you go in like, okay, well, I'm going to do a 25 and you do it. There's a little extra resistance there. And then you do that for two weeks and you say, okay, they got a little bit easier. And then I'm going to go up maybe to a 30 and then I'm going to do it and it's going to be tough, but it's going to be probably a little bit easier than going from the 20 to the 25 is. So although it's tough, you've made this improvement over time where you're getting better at doing it. And that's where breaking outside of that comfort zone is really important because if you do that compounded day in, day out, day in, day out, over a long period of time, there's going to be growth. And it's not going to feel like it, but then you're going to look back in a year and say, wow, I made all this improvement. As opposed to being in the comfort zone movement, staying at that 20 pound dumbbell and just doing it over and over and over again. Yeah, you're probably better off than you would have been if you had just laid around and been a slob. But how much did you really grow? And is that important to you? Is growing something that's important to you? For me it is, but you have to determine what's important in your life. And that can, go, again, go back to work. So if you're just stuck doing the same thing at work, what if you just pushed a little bit harder and went a little bit further outside of whatever would have been the comfort for that day and said, okay, I'm going to do something that's a little uncomfortable. And our, our human brain is hardwired to have fulfillment based on improvement. And so if you got a million dollars right now, 
what would be different in your life other than there would be more numbers in your bank account? Nothing's going to be different. And it actually might be worse because you would say, okay, well, I'm not going to do anything now because I'm set. Even though a million dollars wouldn't really make you set. But if you take that mindset of I've got to be going every day, your brain's always going to be working on something new. And that's what teaches us and lets us be fulfilled is always working on new things. Um, so kind of what's the best way in your life? I was thinking about this, like what would be the best way in your life to escape the comfort zone? And again, there's going to be different facets that end. So it could be work. It could be your health. It could be relationships. It could be anything, but what's the best way to escape? Cause what you don't want to do, there's this fine line of if you run too far, too fast, fast outside of your comfort zone, you're going to have this flight or fight response where it's going to be terrible and then you're going to want to go right back to your comfort zone and there's going to be no growth. So how do you incrementally over time work on getting outside of that and progressing continually to where you can look back over an extended period of time, whether it's six months or a year and say, wow, there was really some progress that was made and I pushed myself and I got better and now look at where I am 12 months later than where I was before. So I think the best way, and this is what I do in my life, and again, this is something that I'm always working on as well, that we always have to improve, is doing things that not necessarily, I mean, I guess you do want to scare. You, you want to be a little bit scared, but doing things that aren't necessarily easy and pushing yourself past the point of what you know puts you on autopilot. So I hope that makes sense and I'll try to condense this down to an example. So when I first started in real estate, my comfort zone was not talking to anybody because I'm a severe introvert. And I don't say that to try to label myself. I think a lot of times people get caught up in labeling, them, labeling themselves and then what you tell yourself ends up becoming whatever your reality is. But just by nature, I don't enjoy talking to people. But little by little, every single day, part of being a, in sales is you have to talk to people. And so doing that over and over again, I just started a little bit. And you start maybe talking to three people a day that were strangers that you didn't really know. And then over time, you get a little bit better. And so maybe the next week I would talk to five a day and then the next week I'd talk to 10 a day. And then all of a sudden got a little bit better. And these neural pathways in your brain developed to where, again, I wasn't talking to a hundred people where I became overwhelmed and then you indulge in all this fear and anxiety, but you built on the progress that you made. And then little by little, it got better. And then you look back a year later, it's kind of the same thing in the weight room. Naturally, I'm not someone that you'd say is super strong, but I've always enjoyed lifting weights and I showed up every single day from a young age to get a little bit better and a little bit better and you just put on a little bit more weight and a little bit more weight and a little bit more weight and then all of a sudden you look back over a long period of time. So I would say, and this is going to lead into what I discuss with internal resistance, but I'd say your comfort zone is doing things that are within the framework that you know you're capable of doing, but it just pushes you a little bit tougher into doing things that are a little bit tougher 
than you would have been before. And it's really, I guess the best way to think about it is doing things that get you off autopilot mode. So doing things that get you out of the method of thinking of, okay, it's just another day and I'm running on autopilot again. I'm doing the same thing over and over again. So that kind of leads into how to squash internal resistance. And this is going to be more tactical than the comfort zone. The comfort zone is more of a theoretical understanding of, okay, this is what I'm doing and this is comfortable and I need to get outside of what's comfortable. But internal resistance is going to be something that you're going to deal with every single day. It doesn't matter how successful you are or how unsuccessful you are. It's going to be something in you that you're constantly dealing with and constant improvement. And again, that's regardless of how wealthy you are, how healthy you are, everybody's going to face this. And what I think about of internal resistance is just that little inner whining voice that you have in you that doesn't want to do stuff. And for a lot of people, including myself, it starts in the morning. So when your alarm clock goes off and you get up, and for most people, because a lot of people don't get enough sleep and there's a lot of things going on in our environment that make our sleep worse, whether it's blue light before bed or whatnot, um, you're gonna have that little voice inside your head that just says, no, sleep longer. Don't get out of bed. Don't do it. And that's where every single day, 99% of the people in the world are gonna be dealing with internal resistance. Then you get out of bed and you say, okay, I don't really wanna do this, I don't wanna go exercise. I think one of the most important things when you get up in the morning is to have movement in your body because you start to simulate a lot of your uh, systems in your body to get moving and signal to yourself that it's time to go and get things done then you don't want to do that. So say you get out of bed, well, a lot of people know they should go to the gym or whether they don't go to the gym right away, um, maybe they go to the gym in the afternoons, but at least move. So get moving, get walking around, get going. A lot of people are just gonna be stuck on autopilot, kind of dragging around, not taking care of things in a prompt and timely fashion. And you end up just being stuck in this cycle all day where there's a little whiny voice in your head for everything that you want to do that prevents action. And so while comfort zone is the big side of things, internal resistance is the little voice in your head that stops you from doing all the micro actions that you know you should probably do, but it delays you or prevents you from actually doing those. So to go back to the example of getting out of bed, you wake up, your alarm goes off. Oh, I don't want to get up. You hit the snooze. And then that delays the rest of the day and prevents the order of everything and then ends up leading to second, third, fourth order chaos because you didn't get up in the morning. And it sounds really simple, but I go back to the example of when you have an athletics background, you understand the smallest things make the biggest differences. And so that small little internal resistance that you have in your head that tells you, oh, I don't want to get up, can lead to thought patterns 
throughout the day that prevents you from doing those things. So it can lead you to inactivity where you don't get moving. The consequence of that is that when you show up to your job or whatever you're doing for work is that you're not as assertive and aggressive in accomplishing the tasks that you need. You either don't do them or you procrastinate. And so you keep pushing things off or you just don't do the tough part of the things that you know that need to be done. For me, doing a sales job, that's talking to people. So if I let that little voice prevent me from talking to people, I'm not going to get into a rhythm of talking to more people, getting on the phone, having conversations that I know I need to have to get me where I wanna go. And so you're gonna always be letting that little whiny voice win. Now, in the human brain, there's gonna be advantages to having that voice and there's gonna be disadvantages to having that voice. And they're actually kind of like the comfort zone, there's an advantage to having a comfort zone to allow for growth. There are some advantages to internal resistance. I know I kind of just told you why it's all bad, but to an extent, internal resistance is actually going to prevent you from doing the, doing things that could be very disadvantageous to your well-being. So just picture that you're walking along the edge of a cliff and you look over and all of a sudden you get that pit in your stomach where it just drops. I don't know what causes that, but you look over and you get this pit in your stomach. That's the internal resistance telling you walk away from the edge of that cliff. That's going to be bad for us. That's going to cause physical harm, most likely death. Kind of the same thing if you're ever in a situation where someone's attacking you, you have internal resistance that says get out of this situation as soon as possible. Well, the best thing is to get out of that situation as soon as possible because it could lead to something that causes you very bad harm. So we have these this resistance built into our brain to prevent us from having experiences that are kind of cause us harm, be detrimental to our health, and maybe even cause death. And this is again gonna be in micro situations that are happening really fast. But for the most part in our day and age, unless you're in some sort of extreme profession, not everybody's gonna have a lot of moments throughout the day where they're faced with something that necessarily causes a lot of immediate harm. That that internal resistance mechanism would need to be really strong. So if you're in the civilized world where we're basically civilized to death, everything is just technology and we're kind of going around and working in the information age or whatever you do, it's if you're just gonna, if you're a person in a first world country, for the most part, you don't have to worry about the threat of physical safety. A lot of the threats that we're gonna have are gonna be mental, emotional, those type of things because of the type of professions and the uh, kind of economic societal structure that we're in. So most of the internal resistance we're gonna have is gonna come from doing things that are uncomfortable for us. And this is where it gets to be, so those are kind of the benefits of internal resistance. Well, this is gonna be where it gets really tough and why internal resistance could be 
really bad. So that same part of your brain that is there to prevent those things that could be detrimental to you from happening also is the cause for why we have maybe so much depression, anxiety, all the types of problems that we would consider like the chronic problems that are in the 21st century. And uh, it's not good because part of going back to like human fulfillment is having that internal resistance and then overcoming that and conquering your inner demon, so to speak, to do hard things. So the bad part of internal resistance is Humans are always going to be seeking the path of least resistance. And I don't care how like disciplined you are or whatever. In your brain, it's always going to be seeking what the least path of resistance is. And so that's why we have this internal resistance because it's going to tell us, oh, no, that's hard. We don't need to do that. But in order to achieve fulfillment, achieve success, and achieve things, you have to do tough stuff. And if you can kind of think about your internal resistance is at a hundred. And if you can chip away at that and 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 continue to chip away at that and doing these little micro actions that are really uncomfortable, but as you do, it starts to compound upon itself. So when you're just as when it creates a negative order of consequences, when you don't get out of bed and then you don't, exercise and then you don't get going imagine if you did the flip side of that and when your alarm gets off you shot you shoot out of bed early you get moving look at where this is going you're putting yourself in position so you're overcoming these little micro resistances in your head and so you're telling yourself oh i can do this this is tough i can do this so it starts when you get out of bed and then you get moving. So there's two things that you did that you overcame. And it is, is inconsequential, again, as it seems. It's actually really powerful because it's allowing your, like your subliminal, your subconscious brain to see, okay, like I can do this. I can do this. So I got out of bed when I didn't want to. I went to the gym when I didn't want to. Okay, I've got momentum now. And so, so then I go to work when I didn't want to. And then when it, I got to work, I made the phone call that I didn't want to, or whatever it is. I did the extra effort that I didn't want to, that I know I probably could have got away with not doing. And then what happens is just as if you were to do the opposite and it starts to compound into a downward spiral, you start to compound into a positive spiral. And so things get better over and over again, and then just as is your comfort zone is this overarching theme, you do this over and over again, and then you look back for a day and you're like, wow, look how much I got accomplished today because I went and be above and beyond every single little thing that I was supposed to do. So I go back to being athletics, and this doesn't change whether you're an athlete. Now I always say you're always an athlete, but whether you're engaged in some sort of sports competition now or you're just going about your job trying to run a business do whatever is the it's all the details and so if you can focus in on all the details you're going to have 
be overcoming that internal resistance constantly. And what that starts to do is build micro by micro. And then you look all of a sudden, that's where it gets to, you're going outside of your comfort zone. So doing those little micro overcoming of internal resistance, what that leads into is the overarching getting outside of your comfort zone. And then what that eventually leads to is growth. And that's what's going to lead to fulfillment in the human brain is having growth. And then you're going to look back and say, wow, I really did something with my life that I'm satisfied with because I did push myself outside of all those things that I didn't want to do. And even though you might not have been 100%, 90% of the time you're always doing what was not the comfortable thing to do, but it was what you know you should have done. So with the internal resistance, you have that. It's telling you, oh, I don't want to do this. But even behind that, you know I wanted, you didn't want to do it, but you know that you should have done it in order to get to where you really want to go. So uh, I kind of go back to uh, one book that I read that was really good. It was Principles by Ray Dalio. And he kind of says life is a trick because you have to do all these little things that you don't really want to do in order to get where you actually want to go. So whether that's wealth, being really healthy, whatever, you have to do, actually do the work to overcome all these little things. And then, like I was saying, what happens is you start to compound those upon little by little each other and you get better at it. So um, that's kind of the best way to overcome internal resistance is to just do those things. So all those little things that you think in your head, like, man, I don't want to do this, just do it immediately. So one exercise that I kind of have in my brain is if there's ever something that's really uncomfortable with me, give yourself a time frame and then just do it. And that's got to be a really short time frame. And so like, say that you don't want to get out of bed this morning and then uh, you say, okay, five seconds, I'm done. So five, four, three, two, one, get out of bed. And so you give yourself a cutoff that, okay, I'm going to do this because what that prevents is procrastination and not allowing yourself to do those things. So that's the, I think just in my experience, the best way to, overcome that is to don't even think about it. What I think a lot of times we let our brain try to overthink about things and then that just leads to complete inaction. And then that's where that internal resistance just takes over and then your day can be shot. So overcoming the internal resistance will allow you to have the micro growth and then if you continue to do that, eventually you're going to be pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone to where you're actually making long-term progress. So internal resistance is the short-term, comfort zone is the long-term. And if you can work on going through both, and it's whatever you're doing in life. If you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to do better at your job, it's doing those little things that you know and that other people have told you that you should do. And... Um, just not even think about it, just doing it, no hesitation. Um, that's another thing I think when you look at decision-making is just don't allow for hesitation because it creates inaction and more inaction is gonna breed more inaction, just as more action breeds more action. But I also wanted to kind of get into my experience, so I'll stop rambling about uh, theory, just in kind of like how this plays out in my life. I was even thinking about it this morning before I started recording this podcast. So 
Today is not a training day for me, so I'm not lifting weights today. But on days that I don't train, I still do yoga in the mornings. I still go for a walk in the mornings to help get moving. Well, this morning I was really tired and I slept for how long I knew I needed to sleep. So I got all my sleep in, but it wasn't necessarily that I was sleepy, but I just wanted to lay around in bed. And I could have continued to lay around in bed and just sat there and not done anything, you know, looked at my phone, whatever, <laughs> in my bed. But I said, nope, we're getting up. And then I got up and I moved. And here where I'm at in North Carolina right now, it's the winter time. It's pretty cold outside. And as I was getting out of bed and moving, I knew that I needed to do yoga. I knew that I needed to get outside and get going to help regulate my circadian rhythm. But I didn't want to do those. I wanted to do yoga inside and I just wanted to stay inside. And then if I did go outside, bundle up a lot and uh, not deal with the cold weather because I think it was like 35, 36 degrees outside. But as much as I didn't want to do that, I knew that I had to push myself to hold myself accountable because if I didn't go outside and I didn't do yoga like I know I should have, I know the rest of my day would probably spiral resistance win. And I, I wanted to overcome that. So what did I do? I got my stuff together. I walked outside. I did yoga outside. It was freezing. I hated it. And then I did my walk in the freezing cold weather. And I hated it every second. But what happened is because I did those things, I looked back when I was finished and I said, wow, I just did something that I didn't want to do. Okay, now I can move on to the next thing for the day that I don't want to do. So I can go to work and then go out to accomplish things that I don't really want to do. And so that's going to be the micro resistance that's always micro internal resistance that's always there. And what happens is because you push yourself to do things outside of that, you then get better at continuing to do that throughout the day and they start to build on themselves. Um, I kind of remember to go back to an example of from when I was a college athlete, kind of the same thing of having that feeling when you don't want to get up in the morning and then you get up and you start moving and then you start moving and then it compounds on upon itself. And then you, by the time you know it, you look back and two years later, you've made all these incredible gains in your life and become a better person because of that. So it's not necessarily about overcoming things just to overcome them. It's about doing that because it's the type of person that you make that able, is able to have the mental fortitude to withstand those things and get better as a result of it. Another thing that I'll go back to, and again, this is going to be my personal experience, is doing a sales job. So never in a million years would I imagine myself doing a sales job. But I knew in order to be an entrepreneur, you have to develop communication skills to get where you want to go. There's no end way around it. As much as I would just love to sit and do like analytical work all day, there's no way around the fact that you're going to have to communicate people if you want to build businesses that are successful. You have to be able to communicate and convey your ideas in a successful manner. So as much as I didn't want to, I started uh, my own real estate business and started doing a sales job and every single day, and this is probably even tougher than being an athlete just because for me, it's not like I have a natural proclivity to like to do physical activity. 
But for me, having to do social activity is the hard part. And so when I started in real estate, every single day I had internal resistance about getting on the phone, cold calling people. And I'll go back to a story I had. Um, in real estate, you have to, well, you don't have to, but uh, when I started out, I didn't have any money. So I was doing a lot of door knocking. And I remember the very first time that I went door knocking, I was, I was more afraid of knocking on some random stranger's door in a subdivision than I was of having to perform as an athlete in front of 100,000 people live. And why, I don't know, that's just how my brain works, but I remember sitting in my car, just everything within me was telling me, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, you don't have to go knock on the door, you don't have to do this, this isn't comfortable, this isn't who you are. But I knew the five-year version of myself down the road would have said, did you do the hard thing? Did you overcome the internal resistance? And so I went and I did it. It was probably terrible. Like I was probably like shaking. I, I, well, I know I was and like unable to communicate effectively, but I did one. And I, after I did, I was like, oh, I did. And then I did another. And then maybe I only did like five that day, but I did it over and over and over again. And what happened is I, be, in came that internal resistance of having to talk to strangers, which I didn't like to do again and again and again and again. And then I eventually would do 10 doors and eventually I did 25. And then three or four months later, I could do 200 in a day. And to me to talk to 40 to 50 people in a day that were complete strangers became easy. And then what happened is I developed those new neural pathways in my brain where I was able to do that with ease. And then all of a sudden I look back a year later and I went from someone who had, was unable to talk to strangers whatsoever. Like probably with like just talking to anybody was extremely difficult that I didn't have a previous relationship with or was like really comfortable being around to where I developed my communication skills to where I could go out and talk to any stranger anytime, no problem. And so what happened is that overcoming the internal resistance Every single day, I got better at that, which eventually pushed me outside of my comfort zone to where I didn't knock on a thousand doors the first day and I probably would have been overcome with crippling fear, anxiety, but I did it little by little by little. And then I look back in a year, I had completely removed myself and shifted the needle on my comfort zone to where I knew I could do. And again, as much as I've done that and have been doing that for three years now, I still face the same internal resistance every single day. And so just even a couple weeks ago, I was going to meet someone at their house to talk about putting their house on the market. And I, I think I had called to confirm the appointment with them and he didn't answer his phone or whatever, but we had said that we were gonna meet this time. So I drove to the house, saw that the cars were there and everything, he was obviously home. And I still had that little internal resistance of man, I don't, I don't really want to go knock on the door. He didn't confirm the appointment and everything. And I sat there in my car for a second and I did the same thing. I gave myself a time frame. And it's like, nope, too bad. We're going to go do this. Now, the reason, even three years later, after a lot of experience selling a lot of houses, talking to thousands and thousands of people, that I had that fortitude to overcome that was because of how I structured my life to allow for 
it to be easy to do that. So that morning, same thing, I set up an environment that allowed for me to conquer that internal resistance every single day. So I exercised, I took a cold shower. And so I had momentum going to that things where if I hadn't have done that, if I hadn't built up on those micro resistances and overcoming those, I probably would have wanted to say, oh, okay, well, he didn't confirm the appointment, so I'm going to leave. But I did. And I just went up to the door. I knocked on it. They actually didn't come to the door for like 10 minutes. I don't know if they didn't hear me or whatever, but I stayed there and said, I'm not leaving here until I at least talk to the person. Then ended up talking to them and working out a deal where we're going to do business together. And so had I not overcome that internal resistance, I never, I would have lost out on that money. I would have lost out on the ability to develop my communication skills in a manner that I need to in order to become a better entrepreneur and business person. And it was because I set up all those micro resistances to where I overcame them and then pushed myself just enough outside of the comfort zone to where I had growth. And I think to kind of wrap everything up, that's where it's going to come down to. I mean, that's what your life is going to come down to is just constant growth. And you're never going to be fulfilled if you think that there's going to be a point to which you make it. And so structuring your life in a way to where you're overcoming internal resistance, squashing internal resistance, and getting outside of your comfort zone eventually is going to lead to a life of fulfillment because you're going to be constantly growing. And you hear people say it all the time, you grow or you die. So you're never just here. You're either here or you're here. You're either growing or you're dying. You're never just you never just are in homeostasis. I mean, technically, yes, you can be a homeostasis, but I'm just saying it from the standpoint of you never, you're never out of it and you also never quote unquote make it. So you're never going to be in a situation where you're, you're just set for life. I think a lot of people, whatever it is, they just want to be set for life. They don't like, it's all going to be good. I'm going to be retired on the beach, whatever. That's never the case. You always have to be growing and you're never going to be actually fulfilled unless you're in constant struggle that you're overcoming something. So struggling well, I think that's another thing Ray Dalio talks about is struggling well. So I'll close that out. Just know that internal resistance will always be there and it's always going to be something that you have to overcome and be thankful that the comfort zone and internal resistance that a lot of us have in the first world is something that we actually can use our brains to overcome and it's not something where our safety is at risk or anything like that so um i hope that was helpful hope that didn't ramble too much and if you can leave comments in the comment section and what i'm going to be doing is for everyone once i have this set up for everyone that joins my email newsletter list where I send out a newsletter and also comments or leaves a review on the podcast. Every Friday, I'll be giving out a $100 gift card. So as long as you sign up for the email list and then for one of the episodes that week, leave a review or leave a comment and we're going to do $100 gift card giveaway. And I just set this kind of a token of gratitude for watching and everything. So uh, again, if you're watching this, my sincerest thanks and hopefully it kind of helped and Again, goes back to giving you a tactical framework for achieving success and greatness. So, um, again, let me know what you think, and I'll talk to you soon. See ya.